0: Hey everyone, welcome or welcome back to the Vodcast. I'm joined by my co-host Justin. Hi everyone. As always, if you want to learn more about Voters of Tomorrow and what we do, you can find us at VotersOfTomorrow.org or follow us at Voters Tomorrow on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Also, follow our podcast at anchor.fm slash voters-of-tomorrow or by searching Voters of Tomorrow on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or just anywhere else you can find a podcast. Additionally, If you have a second to rate the podcast, we'd really appreciate it. It helps us a lot. We have very exciting guests coming up and a very exciting guest today, and we can't wait to get into things. But before we do, Justin.
1: We just wanted to thank you all again for taking the time to listen to the podcast. Without people like you supporting us every day, we wouldn't be able to do what we're doing. We are here to ensure that Gen Z knows what's going on in the political world and are able to make the most informed decisions possible. Gen Z has the chance to change the political landscape forever, and it all starts with turning out to vote. To learn more about how to register to vote, who the candidates are, or any other information you may need, please visit our website at votersoftomorrow.org. Also, if you are able, we would greatly appreciate any amount that you could donate. We rely on donations from people like each one of you to continue to do what we're doing and to be able to reach the largest amount of Gen Z possible. If you can, please consider donating by going to votersoftomorrow.org and clicking on the donate button on the top right of the website. You can also check out our merch by clicking the link right next to the donation link.
0: Okay, so Aiden, would you mind introducing yourself? I mean, I know a little bit about
2: you, but I'd like you to tell the audience who you are. Uh, My name is Aiden Cohn-Murphy. I am 17 years old. I am a high school junior um, from Washington, D.C. I I, I founded the organization TikTok for Biden, or Gen Z for Change, as it's now known, Um, and I am happy to be here.
0: Yeah, we're really happy to have you here. Like, this is really exciting. We've been asking Santiago <laughs> to get you on here for a while. I actually used to live near D.C. in Manassas. I don't know if you know where that oh, yeah, is. Oh, yeah, that's great. Like Prince William County. I always yeah. used to say I'm from um, D.C., but then I found out D.C. people hate that. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, Okay, well, very cool. So, as I said, we're very excited to have you here. We just wanted to get into a few things. So you mentioned TikTok for Biden, which which is now Gen Z for change, right? Mm-hmm. So with this, how did how did that
2: all start? So over the summer I was working on Senator Ed Markey's re-election campaign up in Massachusetts and like the pillars of the campaign were digital and relational organizing. because I'm from Washington, DC, um, I did not have the relational organizing tools that the rest of the um, uh, the other fellows on the campaign did. so I, I couldn't I have some family there, but I, I don't have the the wide range of connections that everyone else did. So I decided to to combine digital and relational organizing um, and I got a bunch of my friends from TikTok to do this phone bank that we called TikTok for Marky. Um, and, and we invited all our followers. Um, and I, this was back when I had about like, I think probably 100,000 followers, but I did not have that many TikTok friends. It was just like 10 people. We invited our followers. Um, in 45 minutes, we made like over 2,500 calls, which was, one of them, which was one of the most successful um, open VPB phone banks that we did on the campaign. Going into the presidential election, I was thinking about possibly doing something like that but I wasn't really sure. It wasn't until um, the night of the first presidential debate that I was snapping with some of my TikTok friends, and we were all, kind of all talking about how we were feeling powerless because Trump, I mean, he was always unhinged, but he was even more unhinged that night um, of the first presidential debate yeah. than than normal. Um, and we were talking about how we were like, if we're feeling powerless, if, if only there was something we could do. And I'm like... Oh, what if we did so like some phone bank for Biden and invite invited a bunch of our TikTok friends? Cause th- these these were friends who I didn't know during TikTok for Market. So I thought, oh, this could be successful. This could we could get a lot of people on this phone bank. So my co-founder, Brendan, um, we both made videos and invited a bunch of a few of our friends to join. I thought it was gonna be like 15, 20 people and for like one phone bank, but we ended up like getting 60 people signed up. I was like, oh my God, this is insane. And so we all jumped on the Zoom where I was gonna explain to them how the phone bank was gonna work. But then everyone was like, "Oh, before you before you start, let me just invite my friend with a million followers or two million followers," and everyone started inviting their friends. And the 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 the, the, the pillar of relational organizing, everyone was inviting um, their connections, and we just started building and building and building and snowballing. And i was like oh this definitely can be bigger than a phone bank and so in the end we had about um 500 creators with a combined following of over 250 million people wow Um, and we ended up working with the biden campaign and later fair fight and a bunch of other amazing organizations
0: okay so well first of all that's amazing see this is like the power of gen z like this is how it happens this is why we are so powerful it's so much easier for us to come together in numbers which is so mm-hmm. cool and it makes us super unique but um kind of going back to ed and markey and when you were working um, on the phone bank for them so you had immediate immediate success off the bat with that yep. which is really amazing so when you were getting into TikTok for biden what were the biggest challenges that you were facing with that like what were the biggest obstacles that you had if any
2: i think that some of the obstacles were I mean, it's hard to keep five hundred people on message and and communicate um, messages to them constantly. And especially, I was I was one of the youngest people in TikTok for Biden. Um, I was sixteen at the time. I'm now seventeen. And I think I remember some some stat that like a third a third of our members were were um, were under eighteen. But I was one of the younger ones, and it, it was weird to be to be like leading a large organization at 16 and being younger than everyone else and trying to make sure that, cause it's not about like, it's not like I need everyone to respect me, but I need, I need people to listen to me. No one was, no, no one was rude or was not listening, but it's just, it's.
0: It boils true. down to representation, mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. know, representing yourself and representing people like you. I mean. And w-
2: w- our solution which it worked pretty well um, is we split everyone into like eight or no, in the end it was like twelve groups and had like a leadership team with group leaders, and they would communicate with with their leader because because I, I, at the beginning I was getting like like sixty texts a day from people saying like can you follow me back on the account and it's like of course like of course I did it but it was just it was I didn't really want to be focusing on that stuff so, so we split up and and these groups like made made videos together um and and it was much easier to communicate messages which was very successful. That's just it's
0: just amazing how. Everyone was, you know, able to come together with ease, kind of, and just be willing to work with each other and figure it out. I mean, I feel like a lot of older adults, not that, you know, I mean, you're about to be a legal adult. And, you know, Justin and I are adults legally. It's usually the older people who are taking the reins. And I think with this, like being as big as it was and getting as much press as it did, because it got quite a bit. Mm -hmm really makes that unique and amazing and i just think that's really really cool thank you so i much. just think yeah i just you know huge props you to, to all of you for that um so what were the end effects of it like what were what came out of it that you could see like for you individually and everybody as a whole
2: so what came out in the end was uh, i have some stats that i'm going to try to remember i think our our hashtag, which was hashtag TikTok for Biden, um, in the end made like 250 million impressions in a month, 250 views, 2 million views in a month, which was just insane. Um, and our and our on, on the our TikTok for Biden account, we have like I think 1.3 million, almost 1.4 million followers on that account, uh, which uh, I think I think it depends on the day because this guy who ran the conservative hype house changed it to his account, and he keeps getting banned but then unbanned. It depends on the day. We are the, the often the largest, um, well, the largest political account on TikTok, which is which is just insane to me. And we, the, our, our our profile picture that all our members used was was it? I have, I I forgot I had this. This is from months ago for, that I was used for interviews. It's oh my gosh, that's so gen, cool! Denzi for Biden poster, um, with our logo and that i like d- during the election and, and even now i see that i see that like everywhere it's like so many people have it who, who are not even members and and like popular creators have it who who aren't members which was just which was crazy i think it, it's it's hard to know exactly what the effect was because we don't have there's no way to find stats on right right on like if we had drove any voters to the polls but what i'd like to think is that we're more of a mobilization group than a persuasion group i i, I doubt that any Trump supporters saw our TikToks and were like, "Oh, I'm gonna vote for Biden now." I think it's really just y- y- young people who don't normally turn out to vote, partially just because of lack of lack of knowledge about like how to do so. Mm-hmm. We try to push those out a lot, and like I'm sure there were at least like a few people who saw one of our TikToks and were like, "Oh, well, I should that, that's a reminder. I'm gonna go request my mail-in ballot." And even like even if we convince like ten voters in Michigan to to do that, then like we've accomplished our goal. A- anything anything we did, I think is good.
0: Yeah, I agree. Even if you got 10 people out there, like that's 10 people who probably wouldn't have. I personally think y'all got much more out there. I don't think it matters. But you know, as you said, as long as you got um, one person out there.
1: So you talk a lot, like, obviously, you guys have have such a large following on TikTok, and you were able to mobilize that effectively. Do you think that other large TikTok accounts should be setting that example. Like, what do you think the role is? Not just for pol- like big political TikToks, but just big creators in general.
2: I think that big creators, and I've been pleasantly surprised. Well, I think that that they need to use their platforms for for social good, and like during during um, the George Floyd protests back in back in June and, and May. I think creators did a, did a pretty good job of it. There's a lot of it that's very performative. Like I I was reminded of this chain that a bunch of TikTokers did, where it was to the 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 same love MacLemore song, and it's like it's like duet if you support BLM, and it was like and it was all white creators. It was just very performative. Um, but I think that, that creators have done a good job of amplifying voices that the moment calls on. I think someone who's done a good job of it is, is my friend Brooklyn, who has, I think like 8 million followers and she, and I think she's a very good example of like exactly what you're supposed to be doing because she has like, whenever there's any sort of blackout or, or awareness day, she gives her platform to, to a creator, um, or duets those videos and like for um, there was a Jewish Creator Day in December, and she and I put out. I got like three or four videos on her account. The numbers are just insane. I think. I think that that's why people. That's why adults don't really understand TikTok as a as a viable means of of persuasion or mobilization, because like the numbers are just hard to fathom. Because, I mean, this is a little bit off topic, but but I remember seeing my my, my video on Brooklyn's account, and um seeing that like like five hundred thousand or a million people saw that, and I'm like. I'm like that's oh so, sorry I should also mention I'm I'm Jewish which is why I I did that. Um uh and I and I remember thinking like a million people that's like that's like 8% of the entire like global Jewish population. Like these numbers are just insane that that we're reaching like 250 million views yeah. is something that if you wanted to if you wanted to 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 do so that's like an, an ad buy in new york that's like hundreds of thousands of dollars so i think that the numbers are just so huge and i think back to the point creators one of the things about tiktok for biden is that a lot of our creators were not normally political or that or very politically knowledgeable which i think made it more powerful because because these creators were like it was an example of how the election was not politic. It was not just politics. Like it was about decency and it was about like just what we want our country to be. And I think I think that, that every election that we have is about that. But I think it was a lot more apparent here because I, I know I was talking to a lot of friends um who weren't political before and they're like, hanging out with my friends is now political because we can't do it because Trump mishandled the pandemic. Our generation is is so socially aware that it's all about making the connection between like I, sorry i'm going a rant i don't think voting is activism i think i think do it like use your vote to do what is better even if it is marginal because some people say like voting doesn't make a difference and 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 sure one vote's not going to decide an election well sometimes it does but one vote's <laughs> not going to decide an election um, but like voting is if you at least if you live in a democratic state it's it's a generally somewhat easy thing to do And we need to work on making it easier. But it's something that you can do that, that even if it isn't activism, do, do the most good that you can with your vote and then go beyond that in your activism. So I think that that's what creators need to think about.
0: Yeah, I agree. I mean, you know, like getting out to the polls should be a bare minimum. Like that Mm -hmm. should be, you know, everyone should be doing it. The numbers before this election, how many people just didn't vote on all spectrums and ages, everything is really like alarming and i'm glad more people just in total came out this year but you're right it does matter like people seeing people who look like them um, going out and doing something that they should be doing
1: Mm -hmm. so then moving forward do you think that TikTok might be the best way to continue mobilizing our gen Gen z and informing them and just getting them out so that they're doing more than the, the bare minimum of just going to the polls once a year
2: i think so I think that that so many people see if you're a popular creator, so many people see your TikToks. I think that the social media is definitely in the future, but I think that 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 TikTok is unique because you can communicate so much information. I know you have all the the infographics on Instagram, which are great, which are totally great, and I think are very helpful. But people just seem to engage more with with videos because they're often easier to understand. And I think that in the future, it's going to be a very viable means of just like communicating to to huge numbers of people and i think that that digital that the democratic party and operatives and strategists are starting to realize that i don't think we could have made it made the number of impressions we did on any on any other platform maybe facebook but but that's mostly old people but i remember seeing that like some crazy stat where where like no one got paid like it was an entirely volunteer thing our content made five times the impression that the lincoln projects paid ads did they paid so much money for them and i think that that it's a it is a fr- like basically free way of getting so much information out there and i do think that going forward it's not good to view it as like as a free way because like paying creators to post videos like that's an ad and i, and I think pe- people need to need, need to view um the party needs to view that more like this is a viable method um, of 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 political advertising and digital organizing, but it's not something that people are going to be willing to do willing to do for free, which is something I worry about a little bit in TikTok for Biden because we were working with the Biden campaign um, towards the end. I am I'm, I'm so proud of everything we did, and I know like that the DNC was talking about it at, at at one point in some meeting that people told me about. I'm so proud of what we did, but I also don't want the party to think like like every four years there's going to be a Five hundred TikTok creators are going to be ready and willing to do to, to do this for free because like because I had so much fun and I don't regret anything but I I to take a leave of absence for school I was spending like ten hours a day on this um, on this stuff which is something that I have not experienced in the past so it, it was it was a lot of work um, that I'm happy to do and I'm proud to do and so is everyone but I think in the future you you, you can't pay with pay for like a television ad with like some some sending tiktokers some merch.
0: Right, right, yeah. Yeah, I mean I would hope that um it would just continue to be like fully volunteer and that everyone's just down to do it, but you're right. I mean that's not necessarily like the real world and this case was definitely a little bit different. The thing is though, we got to grow up with social media. I feel like millennials still grew up with social media. Let's just talk about um the whole like generational war. <laughs> situation between the millennials and gen z because well let me hear y'all's y'all's opinion y'all's opinion on this first because i
2: just i have a lot to say about this i have a lot of thoughts on my mind <laughs> i heavily engage in this intergeneration <laughs> conflict though i don't do it because like millennials are are bad or anything i think it's just funny how worked up millennials get yes and when like when like a 16 like year old says like your side part looks funny, and like, because uh, I, I just I just mock millennial I mock millennials who I mean there was this girl who like made this whole like, this like Gen Z is trying to cancel Eminem like rap that was bizarre that I made fun of relentlessly, but it's just like, who cares? Like I, I, I only do it because millennials seem to care a lot about it. But I like I'm gonna be honest I wear skinny jeans. I need to find an I I need to find a new pants. I mean. Um, <laughs> But, <laughs> but I don't know. It's just funny. I, I just is. think it's funny because it's just funny how they worked up. They get about it. It's just so one sided. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and it seems to That's always be said. like the trivial things. Like you said, the side part and the yeah. skinny jeans. And then like when we, when we actually try to debate something of substance, they're just like, eh. yeah. Yeah. Cool.
0: I think a huge difference between us politically is that they did not mobilize using social media mm-hmm. like we do and have because even when the last guy's administration came in, we still didn't see um, Gen Z or millennials, well, the older Gen Z that could actually vote, or millennials like mobilizing on social media at all. And I feel like this election really, we, you know, Gen Z was really able to do that. I mean, 250 million impressions, is completely unfathomable. I cannot imagine a room full of 250 million
1: people. All right, let's take a quick break. Welcome back to the news segment we're calling Justin Ryan's Weekly Rants. We're gonna cover news topics, but in a way that appeals to Gen Z. We're gonna be talking about real news and serious news that's been on our minds all week. Now let's get into it.
0: In the Derek Chauvin trial, The jury has reached a verdict. After 10 hour deliberation over two days, the jury found Chauvin guilty on all counts, including second degree murder, third degree murder, and second degree manslaughter. I just wanna talk about accountability versus justice real quick. There's a lot of things I really wanna talk about with this, but we have to be super quick. This man is not being held accountable. Was there justice served? I don't know, I cannot speak on that. I'm white, but is he being held accountable? I can absolutely say that this man is not being held accountable. He does face up to 40 years in prison. It's alleged that his sentence will be 12 and a half years but we will see the sentencing in
1: the next few weeks. The CDC is recommending new masking and vaccination guidelines. They're announcing that fully vaccinated Americans can go with masks outdoors except in crowded settings. This includes um, small outdoor gatherings with other vaccinated family members or friends. Recently, Tucker Carlson compared forcing kids to wear masks to child abuse and encouraged his watchers and listeners to call Child Protective Services if they see kids wearing masks seems like a very useful uh, way for Child Protective Services and the police to spend their time. Um, But, as we all know, Tucker Carlson has a very large audience base and has influence over uh, conservative media spheres. Um, the Biden administration has reached over 200 million vaccines in less than 100 days blowing way past his original goal of 100 million vaccines in his first 100 days so as of right now there's about 40 percent or 132 million Americans that are at least half vaccinated and 28.5 percent of the U.S. population including 80 percent of those 65 and older are fully vaccinated so we encourage you When it's your turn, get your vaccine, make sure you get your second shot, and let's bring an end to this. All right, so we're going to take a look at Biden's first 100 days in office. By the numbers, he has 11 bills signed into law. 42 executive orders have reversed 62 of the previous guy's executive orders, has an approval rating of 53%, an unemployment rating of 6%, with 1.2 million jobs added since Inauguration Day. Overall, COVID cases are down 73%. And so far, President Biden has nominated 11 judges to serve on the bench. This week, former Secretary of State and climate envoy for President Biden has been accused of tipping off Iran about over 200 covert Israeli military actions in Syria. They are Uh, mounting calls for Kerry to resign as climate envoy, although he has denied these claims and called them unequivocally false. There is a leaked audio of Iran's foreign minister, Shoed, an Iranian diplomat, Zarif, claiming that Kerry told him that Israel had attacked Iranian proxies in Syria while serving as Obama's Secretary of State. This story is still developing, and we will absolutely update you as more updates come out.
0: Let's talk about some... This is kind of a sidestep from politics but let's talk about labels and social constructs because i feel like on social media that's a that like you you literally are labeling yourself like in the category that you're going to fit in what videos you're going to do blah 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 so what do you think about that Aiden?
2: i think it's hard because i put people in boxes and my my original tiktok username which i have a, a lot of feelings about um was was political jew um, because when I made it, I was starting to get followers, and I'm like, let's see, what, co- what type of content am I gonna post? Probably political stuff. What's some noun about? What's the noun? Oh, Jew. And I mean, I grew up in in d c uh, um which is in, in a pretty Jewish area. Um so I have not I had not experienced that much anti-Semitism before. And I definitely knew it existed, but not to the degree that it that it does at all. Start I, I started getting comments as a like free Palestine on a video where I was just talking about like how, I dressed up as Ellen DeGeneres for my eighth grade, um, for my eighth grade pride assembly, and still told everyone I was straight. Like, like oh, j- j- just some silly video, <laughs> right? And and the comments would say "Free Palestine" because, because people would see my username and they're like, "Aiden's he's this kid's Jewish, which means he must support Israel and hate Palestine," and that was annoying. And I I think it's lightly anti-Semitic, but then it started escalating and some some slurs and death threats. And then it, it kind of culminated in um, in me uh, my address getting doxxed by by some neo Nazis on Instagram, wow, uh, and telling people to come and kill me, which keeps happening. It, it, it's less scary now, but it but it, it's not fun at all. Um, and it's a it was a very very scary experience. And l- luckily nothing ever came of it physically, but it's it's somewhat traumatic and it's it's just not fun. I'm no, I mean that's trying to deal so... with the emotional effects of it. Um, but I think that. That this doesn't really answer your question, but I think that that with TikTok, y- you have like three things that you can put to describe who you are, and basically like make your pitch to have someone follow you. And like your like, your username, your 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 name on TikTok on your profile, and your your bio. And like those are the three ways that you try to grab someone's attention with social media, and and like limited attention span. Try to try to get them to like you. You're put in the this is the role the situation of like how can i how can i simplify my entire identity and who i am down to down to like 20 characters like 10 characters in your username right and like and like 40 characters in your bio and i think that's uh, there's no solution to it but i think it's a problem
0: it's hard because you're right i mean right now there's not a solution to it but to evolve as people (laughs) we have to figure out a way to kind of cut that back i mean justin like what do you think justin
1: yeah, I mean, obviously, with the introduction of TikTok, it seems that our collective attention spans are getting shorter and shorter. And, and I totally agree with you. It is a problem that you have to kind of draw people in that quickly. And I don't, I can't think of any solution now. And I, I hope we could find one in the future. But you know, I'm sorry you had to go through what you went through and kind of put yourself in those boxes. And that's just kind of how people saw you, regardless of the content that you were making
0: yeah that's just like i mean for it, first of all all that stuff is extremely uncalled for like those are the only words that i could use i mean it, even... it's
2: it's challenging because like it really made me confront my identity because mm-hmm. i i had people because because it was also it was also a homophobic attack and i had people tell me like because, i mean everyone's very careful about how they said it because you because know, it's not an easy thing to say it's like well, it's it's confronting that if I were not so open with my identity online, this would not have happened. But it is not my fault that neo Nazis did it. But my existence as a gay Jew played a large role in why they did it. And so it's like if I remove, if I change my username, which I ended up doing, just because like it got it got to the point where it's like safety really just comes first. Uh, but I have this dilemma where it's like, do I change my username? Is that walking away from my Jewish identity? Or is it stupid? Is it silly of me to feel like I need to endure anti-Semitism to make a point to myself? Kind of. Right. Um, so it's it's really challenging. It, I had to confront that.
0: And you know, I can't even imagine the thoughts that were going through your head to even figure that out. I mean, yeah. I go. And plus, you're walking away from kind of a a brand in a sense. Mm, yeah. I'm like that's super tough too, especially when you're still growing on TikTok. Well, I love your your new username, and I love Thank the content you. that you're putting out you know. Thank you. I, it's, let, it's, I love it's,
2: the stuff that you're doing. Listeners don't know, Aiden please stop talking which is the phrase the phrase I've heard the most in my life.
0: Yeah <laughs> and it'll also be in um, the description for the podcast so y'all can find all his um, ads and stuff there but yeah that's just crazy. I'm glad that we got to touch on that a little bit though because I was just curious about you know that whole situation. Obviously you did talk about it on TikTok yeah. but I think it was like just a few videos and then yeah. you know it stopped and I think it's great i mean i haven't seen your comments i hope that it's kind of cut down and stopped um i wish it would just stop completely can you censor words on tiktok
2: is that a thing that you i can i can censor words and so i've censored like my address and and some things um but but this gets into a question of like of 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 what tiktok censors because because if you comment jew on my post or jewish it gets censored because TikTok, is it, it, it's not TikTok's fault. It's just sad that like, because I'm guessing like half the comments where people comment something Jewish, it is anti-Semitic, mm-hmm. but it's just, it's its like, it's hard to exist as a Jewish person on TikTok and be open about it. Cause like, if, if I say the word Jewish in a video, my video will like, will get taken down for like at least an hour or for, for good. I just think it's just
0: such a pain in the ass that you even have to do that. And then on top of that, all these different word letter combinations, people come up with yeah. like, like spe- what? The fuck is that? It's
1: really
2: challenging.
0: I just, yeah, I mean, that's a lot. Anyways, I also wanted to talk about um <laughs> your music. I did find that one yeah, song. Um Sherry, please follow me back or just Sherry, yeah, follow, Sherry me follow me back. First of all, beautiful song. Thank you. Um, extremely inspiring. Thank you. Very touching. What was going
2: through your head? What was that situation? So I now have two songs. One of them is as we talked about earlier, mocking millennials. Um, it's called, it's called Gryffindor and I just stole uh, the millennial who made fun of who who was like, Gen Z is trying to cancel Eminem. I stole her rap and I made it into my own song. Um, I also, I also, before I, before anyone, any of the listeners go to listen, it is not, it is not music in the set, in the, in the traditional sense. It is, I've been doing chorus for 10 years and I still don't know what a note is. I think that's (laughs) how I would describe my music. Sherry, follow. Please follow me back. Is a song directed at Addison Ray's mother, Sherry Nicole, who doesn't follow. Who follows all of my friends, but doesn't follow me, and I'm her biggest fan. But she has never noticed me, even though tons of people have have tons of people have sent my song to her. So now we kind of now I have 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 grown to dislike her because she hates me um so that's my song sherry nicole no it's called sherry please follow me back now out on all streaming platforms
0: love that we'll also put that in the description (laughs) so people can go check that out i'm asking y'all after all this please go listen to that song it's a bop that is just such a funny story though and sherry honestly if you're listening i'm gonna have to ask you to do one thing and reach back out to aiden please because if you happen one day i think it'll happen one day just just follow him
1: back sherry like come on yeah it's not that hard sherry (laughs) All right. So we've talked a lot about like where we are in social media, how it's helped us mobilize, but like, where do you see it going from here? Because obviously we're not, well, I shouldn't say obviously, but hopefully we're not going to have an election quite like the 2020 election ever again. So like where do you see the next steps and how do you see Gen Z continuing to mobilize?
2: I think it's all about keeping people engaged because what what made TikTok for Biden so powerful and just this, uh, this Gen Z in the election is that people who are not who are not normally like politically motivated or politically knowledgeable were going out to vote because they understood that that this was that this election was not just about like which, which well, this isn't true, but what they might view as like traditional politics of like, I don't know, I, I, I'm trying to think of a somewhat normal, normal Republican, but I think they're all <laughs> cool. Um, but th- this is just such an extreme example. And people are realizing that it's not just politics, it's about, it's about it's human rights, it's about decency, it's about kindness, and just, it's just what we want our country to be. And I think it's just important that we try to fight the back-to-brunch mentality To a certain extent, this is how politics have always been, and this is what they will always be. Determining human rights, determining civil rights, determining kindness and and what our country is. And I think that one of the good things that the last president did accidentally was, was make people realize that. And it's all about making sure that that mentality stays there, because if we allow it to slip, 2016 happens again. And I don't want to know who it will be next time, probably Josh Holly. I think that 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 the future is is keeping people engaged in social issues, which I think is gonna be a little bit easier, and 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 making sure people know that social issues and politics are intertwined for better or for worse. Probably for worse, but they are intertwined and there's no way to change that.
1: And like you said, I think a lot of people started to realize that after the last guy, especially, you know, like you you keep mentioning people that weren't necessarily politically involved. Um. so I do think that's something that's very beneficial that came out of this whole mobilization and kind of shifting the way we think about political mobilization. Mm
0: just really excited to see how the younger part of gen z adapts to all this and how young people start getting involved in politics like Mm -hmm. this is kind of a scary thought but like are we going to start seeing kindergartners like speaking up about the presidential debate because the thing is like we want there's a line you know so there's a line there's a very fine line and you don't want to go over it because you don't want to you want to educate um children and students kind of the same thing on politics and how it all works. Like, as you said, like how, you know, giving them the confidence to go to the polls and know how to vote and kind of know what to expect. There's just basically a very fine line where we want to educate the the younger part of Gen Z on how everything works, but we also want to in, educate the older part of Gen Z on what's actually going on, who's doing what um, and where and and why. The line comes in where you don't want to be telling a kindergartner about, um like tragedies that have happened that have sparked certain
2: movements you don't want to traumatize Uh, kids into a point where they're not where they don't want to engage because they're scared
0: right yeah it's been tough to find that line for us like in some circumstances for sure but yeah and then so just to kind of finish this up um i'm just curious just what are in your opinion what are the biggest differences between the last guy and the new guy
2: I what, or so i guess my, what
0: matters to you the most what
2: matters to me the most i think that i certainly wish i, I think they're very I, I think it's hard to deny that they are very very different i wish they were more different absolutely i'm the warren bernie guy myself people like to, to chastise the democratic party for not being far left enough and i think it's fair um but i think on social issues Biden's been Biden's been pretty great, and I think on LGBTQ issues he's been pretty good. Mm-hmm. And I I love his climate appointments. I I love Deb Holland, um, and and the whole team. Um, and I because I I think that are are we going to solve climate change in time? Who knows? Probably to be honest, probably not. Probably not. <laughs> but, but it's a step in the right direction. And I'm not an accelerationist, so I it's I think it's maybe it'll it'll shift social awareness who knows um i also think that uh, i mean I, I would like to say i would like to say the border but not <laughs> stuff's not great right lack now of... um but what i think is also meaningful and and this is something that that to, gen z for change we put out a video condemning the syria strike um uh, like a while ago and that and that video did really well um and a lot of people resonated with it i think that that biden's foreign policy so far putting it in the sense of like american presidents because because i think all presidents i hesitate to say war criminals because i think that's
0: kind of meaningless. they're all a little crooked
2: they're all i think all presidents are a little crooked and american foreign policy is fundamentally i guess mm-hmm. bad is just the right word for it yeah. um, but i think that that biden like almost 100 days in one one strike which like is not good enough but compared to compared to any past president is 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 leaps ahead in in and better so um i think that's good i mean good in a rel in a a relative right
0: i think a lot of gen z agrees with you on all of that yeah i feel like gen z is very much in the same book Mm -hmm. different pages but same book okay well I just want to thank you for taking time to do this. Um, <laughs> really, like, this has been such a fun yeah. conversation to have about everything. And this was just super cool um, hearing about the experiences with TikTok for Biden, which is now Gen Z for Change, by the way. We will link everything for that in the description, um, as well as Aiden's stuff. But just hearing about all that was super interesting. I've, I've been really curious about how, that, how all that came about. So, yeah, seriously, thank you for coming or, or thank you for uh, talking with us like, and taking the time out of your day to do it.
1: Thank you so much, Aiden. We really appreciate it. Thank you.
0: All right. Well, that's the end of our show. Thank you all so much for joining us. If you have any feedback or would like to learn more about Voters of Tomorrow, you can find us at votersoftomorrow.org and follow us at Voters Tomorrow on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok, as well as follow our podcast on anchor.fm slash voters-up-tomorrow. Or by searching Apple on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. and Just search uh, Voters of Tomorrow and we'll come up. This has been another episode of the podcast, the political news podcast for Gen Z by Gen Z. I'm Ryan Buck.
1: And I'm Justin Filbert, And, and we, we will see you, you next week. week.